0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's Ninth State Sports Show Football Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina. Alongside me once again is former longtime football coach in the state of New Hampshire, Mike Lockman. Mike? Evening, Joe. We are once again recording the show at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua on a Tuesday like we will be for most of the uh, the football season. Don't commit to anything. <laughs> <laughs> As always, you can send us your questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. Uh You can listen to the show every Wednesday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com. Before we get started, uh, I want to mention one more time, uh, this week is your last chance to sign up for our special football membership. Uh, by signing up for this membership, you not only get access to all football stories throughout the year, you also get a copy of the Football Prospectus magazine. Yes, it's still coming out. I'm still finishing it up hopefully this week, Uh, and you will also get a copy of the football yearbook at the end of the year, which, you know, I've had people ask me what that kind of is, and I finally came up with, I think, a good answer. It's kind of like back in the old day when you used to clip newspaper articles and you put them in a scrapbook. Well, this is a scrapbook that I'm putting together for you that looks a whole lot nicer. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) and it's in that newspaper format. Right. I I actually, I really like it. Yeah. so, you, by signing up, you also guarantee that you get coverage of uh, der- of your team during the 2019 season. So, for more information, uh, go to nh-highschoolsports.com and click on the membership tab at the top of the page. Uh, you've got an, until Monday to sign up for this membership. Get done. <laughs> get, <laughs> get on it. <laughs> All right. So, we've got some football to talk about. Yeah, a uh, lot went on this weekend. Yeah. Um, of course, start where we always do in Division One. Yeah. I you know we were we were chatting before we started uh, about you know how the, the weekend went. And I think the thing to for me with the Division one slate of games this week was, I wasn't surprised by any of the outcomes. Like a lot of the teams the teams that I thought were going to win ended up winning. Um, it didn't end up the way, maybe in some cases that I thought it was going to happen, right. Um, and I know there are probably a couple of you out there saying, well, you, you thought BG was going to beat Nashua South? And I was like, I thought they had a chance to. Yeah. I thought that that game was going to be a coin flip, basically. I did not see BG losing its quarterback seven plays into the game, going to its basically fourth string quarterback who's not even a quarterback, right. um, Joey Lupo, and then shutting out South 20 to nothing. Right. Well, uh, and Lupo yeah, runs for almost uh, 200 almost yards yeah, just and on the and ground. three touchdowns, and Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, they were, you know, I, I didn't expect, you know, I expected Bedford to be conquered. I didn't expect them to be conquered 16 to nothing to only be up two nothing, uh, early in the second quarter. Yeah. Um, you know, from what I heard was a lot of maybe self-inflicted, um, wounds there for, for Bedford, um, which, you know, can, can happen sometimes when the other team's not giving you the ball at their own, uh, (laughs) 40 yard line every other, every other, right, right. Yeah. You know, so, so a lot of stuff like that, like I, you know maybe the outcomes i was expecting but not getting there in the way i i expected yeah
1: yeah the d- the w's and l's weren't as surprising as the story behind some of them uh, i would say um I, I was a little bit more surprised at the at the london salem outcome although you said i i wasn't you said l- i i had mean Londonderry i thought i thought high.
0: london i thought Londonderry was going to win that game um, maybe not as by as much, but I mean, from what I understand, Salem was dealt some injuries in that game. Oh, Londonderry yeah. was able to pull away a little bit, you know. So, um, sure yeah, it would I, be great to see them play again, though. That's I know that.
1: Well, and you may very well. I mean, it was it was uh, it was it was tied at fourteen at the half, and then I guess Londonderry scored three touchdowns in seven and a half minutes, um, and really kind of blew it open. Um, I guess they went on a tear where. Tyler Ko scored from 45 yards out. Jake McEachern hit uh, Cole Keegan on a 67-yard pass, and then he had another big one for 58 yards to, I'm going to butcher the name, but Alex Cetelis. <laughs> Cetelis, uh, I, c- Cetillas, I is how you okay. say it, yeah. So Londonary's story was big plays um, in the second half is what it sounded
0: like and And they just went on a tear i think that's kind of what what we're going to be seeing a lot of from them this year i think they're going to be a team that's going to have some really big play capability um you know and they they uh off to a great start obviously with that win over sam that 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 win is a huge one yeah Uh, we saw that last year too um you know they finished eight and one last year salem and pinkerton finished behind them both at seven and two they had they had a win that win over salem was was key um you know, and, and looking ahead, uh, they have Timberlane this week. But then they get right into it with, um, I think, Pinkerton and Wyndham in back-to-back weeks. Yep. Um, and they still have Bedford and Goffstown further on down the road. So um, that win, I think, is going to be big. Um, you know, when you, you, we talked about Bedford, too. Um, they play Goffstown this week, which had a uh, another come-from-behind win on Saturday. Incredible. Um, getting down 14 to nothing against Wyndham, coming back and winning 18-14. Um, you know, maybe they're just going to be that kind of – what what's the the name that likes to get thrown onto teams like the cardiac kids yeah. kinda, kind of kind uh, of moniker for the year? Um, those two teams play each other this Saturday uh, in Goffstown, Bedford and Goffstown. Um, and I think that's a big ri-
1: that's a nice a ni- yeah. new local rivalry, kind of a border war. And uh, yeah. it's always a huge crowd wherever you know wherever that ends up getting played. That's going to be a really fun game. And
0: and I think that game is going to go a long way. Uh, you we could be talking about. The loser of that game missing out on the playoffs. Yeah. Um, th- yeah. You know, when you think about who you know who they still have to play and who's on the other side of their bra- their their um, excuse me, their cluster. Yeah. Salem, Londonderry, Pinkerton, Wyndham. Um, you know, yeah, it's entirely possible that if if you know th- uh, one of those teams is you know one of those teams is obviously going to lose this weekend, um, and that team, I think, uh, you know. Um, couldn't end up on the short end
1: yeah or well if it, it, you know it seems to me like if you're Bedford the one thing you don't want to do is get out to a first half lead <laughs> against Cobstown <laughs> against no. because not, that's no. all they need well to to, <laughs> to get yeah. the magic going and come back and win so um but in all seriousness that that that's got game of the week kind of written all over it
0: um that there and then on the other side um you know two more two and oh teams Merrimack going to Exeter Yeah. And both of those teams coming off, um, you know, pretty convincing wins. I think Exeter going out, went out to Keene and and uh, got down seven nothing and then stormed back for uh, a pretty big win. there, taking out Keene forty nine to seven. Yeah. And then, of course, Merrimack uh, had a little bit of adversity there with Dover. Right. They got up, what, twenty eight nothing. And then. Yeah. Dover came back. There was there was a little back and forth in terms of the turnover game.
1: But uh, I don't know. Merrimack looked a lot sharper. I, I was at that game. And I thought Merrimack looked a lot sharper than they looked week one against Spalding. Not to take anything away from Spalding, but I thought Merrimack played, especially on the defensive side of the ball, much better. And you had uh, J.J. Dyer had an almost identical night where he had two touchdown receptions. He threw a touchdown on the same exact play we talked about last week where they handed off to him on the, the coming in motion to, from left right to right on the sweep. And he, yep. he dumps it off. I don't remember who he threw it to. And then... And he ran it in for a touchdown on the goal line. Sometimes they like to put him back there. So, And then he had a pick that he returned almost the full length of the football field. He got stopped down inside the five and set up a touchdown. Devin Wood uh, had two interceptions for Merrimack. Uh, Zach Trodowski added 110 yards. So they had a really prolific offensive performance, but the defense was also much better. They forced a few turnovers from a young Dover offense, um, you know, Dover's got a couple of good kids. The Sprague kid is a pretty good weapon back there as a running back, and they dump it off to him every now and then, and he can move. But I Merrimack's game was just uh, – they, they looked much better, quite honestly.
0: You know, that game, I was interested to see what the final score of that one would be because we're kind of – you know, th- the one thing we do with football, I think, because it's such a short season, because, you know, not only do we have turnover – from team year to year with teams but you also have you know half your schedule is against teams that you haven't played in three years right or two years or whatever it is so it's um you know it, it's m- comparison a right. lot of the times too you know i wanted to see what merrimack was going to do against dover I wanted to see what merrimack did against Spalding because y- you also had nashua north nashua north goes to dover this weekend they played spaulding last weekend so i thought you know, yeah. what w- I, I would in my mind, I have I still am looking back at last year and thinking, you know, North and Merrimack are on the same plane and they might be. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when I saw North play Spalding last week, I got to think maybe North is a little bit ahead. Um, they beat Spalding 36 nothing. Uh, and I mean, that felt like maybe it was a closer final score than the game actually was. Yeah. Um, North just, you know, was really dominant. Uh, both sides of the ball. Um, with Curtis Harris leading the way. I mean, as much as much um, pub as he gets as an offensive player, he was just as good defensively. I mean, he was the catalyst defensively for them, just come flying around, m- delivering some ferocious hits, yeah. um, and really setting the tone on both sides of the ball.
1: Yeah, th- I, I think that's the interesting thing about that matchup, the, the Merrimack-North um, matchup that you referenced, kind of saying, hey, they might be kind of contending um, – you know, there and in, in terms of who's better and stuff, Merrimack has some very, very good players. They have some very good athletes. They don't have a Curtis Harris, you know. And and by the way, not, <laughs> not I don't many, know I don't know that anybody do. does, yeah. right? You know, um, but but yeah, and and you make a really good point that last year he got a lot of talk about what he did on offense, but um, his athleticism and and actually, from what you have said, just being ferocious on yeah, defense. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge weapon. You know,
0: the other thing that I was impressed by, too, was just his throwing motion. Um, you know, he didn't throw a ton. He didn't, you know, their, their passing game wasn't, you know, you know, like some other teams yeah. in the state, like Hollis-Broken. Like yeah, or Hollis-Broken, or, yeah. Or right. um, you know, but he clearly put a lot of time and effort into turning himself into as much of a passer as he is a runner. You know, the first, first play he got out there that they threw the ball – he dropped back and just effortless, effortlessly, you know, tossed it 45 yards downfield. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the receiver was only about 30 yards <laughs> downfield, but but so still, he might it have put, was he might have put too much, a little too in. much, yeah. <laughs> um, but just his motion, um, the ball coming out of his hand just looks so much better than it did a year ago. Yeah. Um, so I I I've gotten very high on North. I think um, you know they're definitely a team that's going to be there at the end of the year. Uh, of course, they like I said, they go to Dover this week. Merrimack goes to Exeter. That's a,
1: yeah, be a huge big game. game. Yep.
0: Um.
1: Yeah, I saw a little bit of Exeter. Um, they're good, no question about it. Um, but that'll be an interesting matchup because it's such a, uh, you know, we talk a lot about contrast and styles. Well, Exeter um, has thrown the ball well this year at times, but uh, I do think that... Um, I do think that the biggest weapon that Exeter will have will be controlling the clock. And they're very, very good at that because Merrimack goes relatively fast and they can score relatively fast. If Exeter can really keep the ball away from Dowling and Dyer and Wood and Trodowski and those guys and just control the clock and play field position and be patient, um, that, that could be a very good game. If they let it get out of hand quick, Merrimack can strike fast, obviously, then you know, it'll be a different story.
0: You know, we did talk a little bit briefly about the BG-Nashua South game. Yeah. Uh, BG has uh, what I think is another big game in the division coming up this week against Portsmouth, uh, which lost the South opening week of the year, came back and beat Winnikunit last week, makes the trip out to Nashua again uh, on Saturday to play BG. in. you know, what potentially could be a, a, another, you know, like like that bedford Goffstown game, could potentially be a game where you're talking about the team that, that loses this one you know, being on the outside of the playoffs, Yeah. Um, you know, I think having I don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be this week for, for BG. They weren't sure what um, quarterbacks. Josh Larson is his name, the, the start kid who started, yeah. who's replacing Hayden Moses, right. who is already out for the year with a knee injury. Um, God, there was another kid. I don't know who it was, but they they mentioned there's another quarterback that they, you know, might have put in there who's also hurt. Um, they had another a kid, uh, Dylan Santos. I think this is his, how you pronounce his name. Yeah. He came in and played f- on a series, um, you know, but it was Lupo most of the way. And it sounded like, you know, if, if Larson's not ready to go, that could be the case again. Um, and the big thing with him was just that, that breakaway speed, yeah. you know, if, if he's able to, to get to that second level, it's over.
1: Yeah. I think the tough thing for BG will be if they stick with him, um, you know, it might've taken South a little bit by surprise and they may not have planned as much for QB run game type stuff, but y- you can guarantee that Portsmouth is going to play. They know it. it's coming. Yeah. yeah and, right. and
0: Portsmouth from what yeah. I've heard has what may be the biggest line in, in high school football in recent memory. Yeah. Uh, size wise. Yeah. Um, yeah, so going yeah, back to
1: like the Ricky Holt versus, <laughs> uh, what was the big kid from Sauhegan there? Whose name escapes uh, me? Uh,
0: Jake Kennedy. Jake Kennedy yeah. days, right, where, yeah. where, where they had
1: those battles. But, yeah, and Portsmouth's yeah. defense rose to the occasion this week with five turnovers and holding Winnikunit to 24 yards in the first half. Now, I know Winnikunit's rebuilding, but still to force five turnovers and and hold a a a, ver- a team that prides itself on running the ball methodically to 24 yards, uh, that could be a good one.
0: Uh, you know, and the one team that we haven't mentioned uh, from Division One this week that um, – I think maybe coming off that opening opening week loss, then going to play Memorial, they got Central again this week. So I, I think, you know, we're going to kind of put Pinkerton on the back burner for for a couple of weeks here, just because they're not, you know, playing the iron of their schedule. Yeah. Um, you know, they beat Memorial forty-four to seven. I think Memorial was up seven nothing in that game, or it was seven-seven at one point. Yeah, it was, yeah, was, yeah. was close. And yeah,
1: I was following that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and then of course they've got. Um, Pinkerton has Central this week. Central beat Timberlane 14-7 last week. Timberlane's second loss in a row uh, to a Manchester team by a f- score of 14-7. Yeah. Probably a little frustrating. Yeah, it's got to um, be. You know, I think, um, it, I think that would be an outcome that would surprise me. Pinkerton doesn't beat Central yeah. on Friday. Um, and they need to beat Central yeah. on Friday because coming up after that they've got Londonderry at yep. home, yep. which is a, you know, I know they, they haven't lost a Londonderry in a million years, but but this, you know, this yeah. could be, th- it's going to happen at some point. Yep. And then the following week they go play Salem at Haverhill on a Saturday afternoon, which is the game we said at the beginning of the year will be
1: circled kind of, in yeah. blood <laughs> on the calendar. <laughs> you know, Pinkerton may be looking a little bit for an identity too, because they're, they are a very different, I think, built team than they have been in recent past. They've had a lot of speed in the past few years on the perimeter with their halfbacks, and this year their backs are uh, more bigger bruising, bruising type. Yeah. kid. They have a one wing wingback, uh, and his name escapes me, but he's got some pretty good speed. And they also m- seem to be more of a vertical passing team than sort of that waggle, bootleg, rollout type team that they've typically been. So they might be just kind of looking for a little bit of an identity right now. So I'm not ruling them out. I'm thinking they're probably just ironing some things out. Um, and, and they always do, so... All right, let's move on to Division Two.
0: Yeah, um, you know I'm gonna start with the game, the D2 game I saw on Saturday. I know there were a bunch of other games that were probably a little bit closer, a little more competitive. Um, but I tell you, I was I came away very impressed with the Hollis Brookline, specifically the passing game. Yeah, um, because that's what they did. The that's what they do the most. I mean, they they run the ball here and there. Um, no, they and don't. <laughs> they really don't. <laughs> they're running. They're running. The ball was basically having Sander Wimmer drop back, take a couple steps back, and then just tuck and it and, just run run. and run. Right. And watching him run against some of Hanover's kids um, was like watching like a grown man run over.
1: It's like the you know, Jerome some Bettis, junior high kids. Have yeah, you seen like the Jerome Bettis playing the, flag the football commercial? commercial. Okay, yeah, right. yeah, you're right.
0: It was a little bit like that. <laughs> right. Um, because he is he is huge, yeah. Uh, you know, I- and he's huge and he's strong. And I, 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 from what I can tell, I mean, he can make every throw you need him to make. Yeah. Um, and, and they don't have Quentin Wimmer, who is their top receiver.
1: Well, you know, was r- yeah, their yeah. Top receiver last um, year. They've got some kids around. They're him. without
0: uh, Quentin Wimmer, Sanders, Sanders' twin brother. Yeah. Um, I'm. Fr- uh, was it Mark Andre Thermitis? He was out. Uh, Looked like he was going to be missing a couple of weeks. Had a walking boot on Saturday. Um, You know, and and I think they'd been missing another kid. uh, Isaiah Velez. Oh, yeah. Was out against Milford. Came back last week. Um, You know, he had a great game. But they have... um, They don't have enough spots to get these kids on the field. Right. You know, they need, like, to, you know, take an extra lineman out and be able to, you know, (laughs) figure something out there. I mean, they've got seriously five options every time he drops back yeah. to throw the ball um you know Blake Bergeson was had a, a huge game Again. Shea Philbrick had a good game yeah um I, it, it just it, the list goes on and on it's yeah. just I think the the big question mark for them is still going to be defense um can they stop anybody yeah and and because if they can't then they have to play mistake free
1: right yeah and you saw them you know you saw some of that against Milford Milford Really hurt themselves more than Hollis Brookline hurt them. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're HB at this point, uh, you're thinking, hey, I'm going to spend 70% of my practice time on D because I because you know darn well we can yeah. throw the ball and yeah. we can move it and 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 we've been they've probably been doing that since June as a team, right? And seven on sevens and things. Uh, I, I'm I'm taking my practice time and I'm banking it into defensive fundamentals and saying hey if we can up the game on our defensive side of the ball we're gonna make
0: a good run you know they have um they go to pelham on october 5th and if they can figure out a way to beat pelham because that's been the one of those teams that just has been a thorn in their side yeah yeah. you know if they can win that game they have a legit shot at being five and one going into what's really going to be the hardest part of their schedule uh their final three being against Sauhegan, against the alvern and then at st thomas yeah um I mean, I got to think, I, I, and I, I think the way the way the division's shaping up a little bit, and we'll get into some of these other games, I think it's entirely possible you could end up with, with Plymouth and Bow making the playoffs out of the north and then the other six teams being out of the south yeah. with, you know, potentially St. Thomas, Hollis, Alvern, Milford, oh Sauhegan and, and Pelham. You could be looking at three or four teams there that are six and three because they all beat each other up yeah. but if they all win their crossover games then there's you know, the point but then you you also have to factor in there's probably going to be somebody in that north that's going to be a little inflated because they're beating up on right. those teams too right on weaker yeah. teams yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting it's, it's tough to Joe. Kinda, it's
1: way too early to try to figure that no, stuff out. i know not. that's your thing uh, no <laughs> you love that stuff. i'm not i'm not trying to figure anything out i'm just speculating it's
0: Speculating. Yes. No No predictions yet. Well, I, I already did make some predictions. Yeah, yeah, you did. Know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I think the other game that – or the, the game in D2 last week that um, everyone had eyes on was that Alvern-St. Thomas game. Yeah. Rematch of last year's semifinal that Alvern goes out to the on the uh, out to Dover, upsets St. Thomas, uh, goes on and loses to Plymouth in the final. Alvern goes out there again, gets up 12 nothing. Yeah and then in the final what two minutes st thomas comes back scores goes up 13 12 and that's your ball game
1: yeah yeah it's interesting because st thomas had a a really tough loss to Sauhegan in week one um and that was a battle from what i remember right there was some back and forth and lead changes in that so you know and, and um Oh man, I can't remember the uh, the St. Thomas quarterback's uh, name. Cam Paquette. Paquette, thanks, but Paquette had a monster game against South. I mean, I think he threw the ball fifty-four times against South. I think something like that, yeah. So they came out of that South game with a loss, but it it probably helped them because now they're battle tested, and um, I'm I was I was a little surprised at that one because you think about uh, you know we were talking before, the cast that's still around in hudson over there and alvern and i mean i i kind of expected alvern to roll and it it again it speaks to the depth of that division two south um group of teams yeah and and was it's just like it was last year anybody i mean you got to keep an eye on it because anybody could beat anybody Mm. and you know um you know and some of these teams are an injury or two away from a problem because of depth but right at full strength they're really good so i mean
0: alvin did have a have a tendency at times last year i think to to you know maybe not score as much as they you would expect them to and kind of let ha- be kind of like a second half team yeah you know so yeah, hopefully they get the offense going doesn't get any easier friday no. night they they host Sauhegan in a, a, a really big game yeah friday night the other big game in the d2 south you've got uh, Pelham going to Milford yeah uh, Friday night so those two are kind of the games uh, to keep an eye on yeah God I'm gonna have to figure one of those two out because those are both good games yeah um, I will I myself I will be over at Alvern uh, for their game against Sauhegan. yeah um, hey I don't want to move off a of d2 without mentioning Merrimack
1: Valleys uh, 20 to 17 win over Guilford Belmont yeah because Guilford Belmont a team that coming in on paper brought back a ton of guys they had a were they a playoff team last year no
0: they were close but they they, yeah they 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 missed it it by like a tiebreaker
1: or something right so but they brought back eight or nine starters i think on each including including
0: the quarterback yeah
1: and uh that was a back and forth battle all night you had um uh i don't know how to pronounce his name travis noose i think had over 100 yards on 26 carries and a touchdown uh, Valley rushed for 230 yards against a pretty good Guilford Belmont defense, um, and then you had um, Tana Valery with seven tackles, two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, a sack on defense for Valley, and that's going to be that's a huge upset.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I mean, and I mean,
1: you know, just on paper. Great.
0: So and it's going to be a big one for for Guilford because their next two games they go to Plymouth. And then they go to Bow. To Bo. Right. Uh, so, I mean, that's, you know, they could be looking at one and three, um, you know, through the first four games. Certainly not what they would have probably expected. And, of course, you know, Plymouth um, started a new win streak with a, uh, you know, 44 nothing over John Stark. Yeah. Which is just kind of, I mean, you maybe didn't expect that much, but, um, you know, they had a big game out of Joe Cleary, um, had a touchdown uh, rushing and receiving for them. Yeah. You know, And uh, a name that we probably didn't know too much about going into the year, uh, Joe D'Ambruso. I'm, I'm assuming that's how you say that. 142 yards and a touchdown on nine carries. Wow. Uh, yeah.
1: And you had to know Plymouth was going to be very refocused coming into the weekend. I, you know, Stark's not a bad team. Stark beat um, Merrimack Valley in week one pretty convincingly, if I remember. So, um, yeah, and then you had, you know, it, Gavin Erda ripping it up against West. Uh, you know he was uh, 100 yards in the first half with two touchdowns. I, I you know, somebody's got to figure him out, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or or he's going to be up to a thousand by week five, I, and that's not a joke. I mean, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, you know, so Hegan came out with a with a big win over Conval. Yep. Uh, Austin, that was hope, hope for Gus night. So that's always fun over there. Uh, looks like Austin Jane was back at uh, quarterback. And he he left the St Thomas game. I believe, with an injury at one point, didn't he, or came out. Maybe they were just rotating quarterbacks. I think they might have just been rotating, rotating guys. I hadn't heard anything. Um, I
1: mean, but not that I would have, but <laughs> I, d- I
0: didn't hear anything. So uh, 12 of 18, 244 yards, and three touchdowns in that game. Yeah, so. and that's nice
1: because there were some questions about him coming out of the Jamboree. I think, was it going to be Manning or was it going to be Jane? And uh, and we you know Manning can do it because mm-hmm. obviously— Apparently he can do anything <laughs> based on the way what the way these games. Yeah, what we've heard. But you'd almost rather have Manning out there making plays with his feet, and and let somebody like Jane feed him the ball, I guess.
0: Um, but yeah, yeah. So so, so Sauhegan picking
1: right up where they left
0: off. So I think now we can get into the uh, maybe some of the craziness. Uh, yeah. Because Division Three and Division Four, um, you know, just some head scratching things going on that 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 you want to talk about maybe some upsets and some things that we didn't expect, um, you know, starting out, I think with, um, you know, Newport's 26, 18 win over, uh, over Stevens, yeah, um, which, you know, sounded like, uh, you know, I, I mean, it may not sound like a bit of an upset. I think that's probably a bit of a rivalry up there. Um, you know, kind of in the, the, uh, I don't know what, what do you, you call it the, the, Connecticut River Valley area yeah. up there. I, I, I'm not entirely. I call sure. it places that I, that don't, I don't, don't often travel yeah, to because to it's too far. Too <laughs> far. Yeah. Um, you know they go in Newport goes and beats um, Stevens 26 18, which was uh, a little bit of an eye opener. Lebanon with a big 21 7 win over Trinity. Yeah. Um, those are kind of the two, I guess, close <laughs> games. Uh, yeah. And the rest, you know, rest was kind of um, what we've come to expect. Menadnock 46 nothing over Summersworth, which I think that's like three or four games in a row that um, Manadnock has shut out Summersworth and scored over forty points against them. Yeah, Manadnock, uh, I I have heard nothing out of
1: Swansea this year. I don't know any names. I haven't seen any film, but obviously well, I will I will help you out good. with that. Yeah, here let's <laughs> give you
0: some help with that. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Manadnock got touchdowns from Lincoln Bludgett, uh, four touchdowns. Wow. And uh, he had a hundred over a hundred yards, or excuse me, two hundred yards on the night. And Justin Joslin also went over the hundred-yard uh, rushing mark too. Sounds exactly like Chandler Matson and who was the
1: other Tim big back? Tim Hart and Hart last year. Yep.
0: So they must have just reloaded. <laughs> Good uh, for them. You know Campbell with another big win over Epping Newmarket, uh, forty to six. Yeah, and then um, you know the one that that caught your eye, uh, the Hillsboro Deering Hopkinton. Uh, Forty-eight to seven. There, excuse me. Thirteen win over Interlakes Moltenboro.
1: Yeah, let's talk about that for a minute, right? So,
0: Colby Quiet had
1: another three hundred plus yard total total yardage game, right? Three thirty-nine, four touchdowns. Right now, he has ten touchdowns on the season, and he's in, averaging in two games in two games, and he's averaging nineteen and a half yards a pop. Um, and and you know, part of that is. And, and Hillsborough Deering-Hoppington has been talking about this from day one. They've got Vincent Waddell and uh, Jonathan McMahon back as three-year starters, both at the offensive guard positions. And so you think about you have a not just a great back, but a lot of times in the lower divisions, you end up with the tragedy of I've got a great back, and but and but I'm not running him behind no, anybody. Yeah, nobody right? to block for him. Or, or yeah. I've got a great line, and you know my nobody, tailback yeah. is you know 135 pounds <laughs> and runs a 5-1. Yeah. Not the case with Hillsborough, Deering, Hopkinton. The Colby Quiet's obviously very good. Oberheim um, had a big game with 140 yards and a touchdown uh, through the air. So
0: and I, I saw too that they said that um, this is the first kind of the first year that, that Colby's come into the football season completely healthy yeah you know in the past he's gotten banged up during the cross season um i don't know maybe he dialed it back a little bit or just was fortunate not to get he's had some
1: injuries i think that Mm -hmm. have just
0: sort of slowed i mean he didn't look
1: slow you know he was a good player last year for god's sake but yeah i mean that's 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 pretty brutal i mean it'll be interesting to see how he does against some of the the um the tougher teams in the division when they get up to that level but you've got a good offensive line and you've got um they have a couple of good backs, really, and even their their wing back has got some good speed to the outside. They're tough.
0: You know, and th- that game I think is is probably a, a big one for them too, because that was the game last year that they slipped up on early in the season. We it were still were wondering what kind of what kind of program they were they were going to be right. in this division, and they lost to Interlakes Moultonboro by a point. Yeah, and it uh, was a sloppy, yeah. like,
1: penalty filled type of game, which this was obviously not. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, and now looking at that schedule, um, you know, they play Kearsarge-Mount Royal this coming week. Yep, with um, a new coach. And new- Newport the following week, of course. Now with, you know, Newport uh, probably is going to have a little more eyes on it after its big win over Stevens. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's potentially, though, 4-0 going into uh, what's really the meat of the schedule, uh, games against Lebanon, and then at Manadnock and at Trinity three yeah. weeks in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that those would be, you know, winning these next two games would be really, really big for them. Yeah. Uh, probably the the game. I don't know what's the, the game of the week in the division, division three. You probably look at um, Lebanon going down to Manadnock Friday night, um, you know, yeah. two under two, two and oh teams. Um, yeah, I'm drawing a blank on what I'm obviously Manadnock won that game last year. They were undefeated. Yeah. Um, you know, and I guess this is probably a test for. You know, probably a statement game, I would think, for both of them. You know, Manadnock to say, "Hey, we're still here." Yeah. You know, we, we're we're not going anywhere, and Lebanon to say, "Yeah, we're here too." Yeah. You know. Yeah,
1: Lebanon I mean, maybe a little bit of um, style contrast too, because Manadnock's game is power between the the tackles, and um, God, I can't remember the kid's name, but Lebanon has that one fast running back that they get they love to get out on the perimeter. Yeah, I know, and, and I, we've said yeah. his name before on the show. I just can't I can't pull it out of my memory, but. They have a really good back that can hit it up on the outside pretty good, uh, and their quarterback is pretty good at Leb too.
0: I don't um, know the last the last really fast running back I remember from Lebanon was the Milliken kid, but yeah. he graduated like three years yeah, ago. Yeah, it's not it's not or two years ago. <laughs> uh, you know, and then um, you know we talked about craziness, um, and I I think that's maybe what Division Four has become um, right now. Um, not that we. You know, maybe we didn't know as much about some of those teams going in as, as we thought we would, but we, th- you know, looking at who was back and who was good last year, again, kind of comparison, uh, predicting, I guess you might say. Yeah. Um, you've got two teams uh, in Bishop Brady and Raymond that are sitting at two and zero in the d- in the division, um, and then a team in Newfound that was uh, a playoff team last year at zero and two, and and really um, some tough losses for them. Um, already this season, of course, they, you know, they lose 50 to 22 to, to Brady and then 47 to 22 to Raymond last week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, tough start for them. So you got Raymond, uh, Bishop Brady, and Winnesquam all going in or all at 2-0 and right now. Probably the game of the week there, you've got um, Bishop Brady going to Raymond to play on Friday night. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and those might be the two best teams. Um, well, and then you had an interesting exchange. Um, with Franklin, who was in the finals last year. Franklin loses to... Um, oh, who Who took that uh, out They lost week?
0: to... to oh, Muscoma, Muscoma Valley. Yeah, yeah, I, and, I mean, week, it, was yeah. kind
1: of a, it was kind of a one-sided affair. But um, then they
0: come out this week... 46-14, they lost to Muscoma. Right. And then this week they ended up... Um, 48-29 over Farmington. There you go. Thank you. you and yeah. you've got uh,
1: Jacob Beaupre uh, had a huge game for them. I mean, I guess... Came within yards of setting the, the all-time school rushing record.
0: 364 yards, four touchdowns, and if that wasn't enough for you, two interceptions on defense. Yeah, so a monster game from him, which is, which is interesting
1: if you think, you know, they, they really looked like they were a rebuilding team coming out of the Mescoma Valley game, right? Because, um, you know, that, that was a tough game for them, I think, on both sides of the ball. And so, you know, I know they have some players that don't have a lot of football experience, but they're good athletes. So maybe now that they have a game under their
0: belt, you'll see Franklin start to rise up a little bit as well. Yeah, they play um, Fall Mountain this week and then go play at Bishop Brady the following week. So a couple of big, uh, big games for them. And Fall Mountain,
1: I mean, they could be 0-3.
0: Yeah. And which would be a
1: shame because they had so many players coming back. And I think a lot of us thought that they were going to
0: have a pretty good run or had the potential to have a pretty yeah. good run. Uh, so what are your uh, what are your plans for this weekend? Where will you be at? Where, where can people come and find you and, and heckle <laughs> you on the sidelines? Yeah, well, uh, I don't think anybody cares about where I'm going to be,
1: um, except my family, and even that's a question mark. Um, I'm going to have to figure out whether it's going to be uh, – I don't know. I like the D2 slate on Friday night. I like Sauhegan at Alvern, and I like um, Pelham at Milford. So I'm going to have to figure that out. Milford's a little closer to where I live. <laughs> so i might i might end up there but i've seen milford already i'd like to you know so i'm, I'm gonna figure that out and then saturday i definitely think i'm gonna go see bedford yeah um yeah, yeah. at goffstown that's, that's gonna be fun. probably the
0: game of the week yeah. um yeah the the uh, d1 slate of games in the uh, southern new hampshire area is not uh there's i mean you've got north and south both going out to the seacoast yeah. bedford goffstown playing saturday um Sa- BG is Saturday night. night, yeah. Yeah, that's a big um, one. Keen is at South Friday night. Yeah, um, that, yeah. That I think that will be interesting. I will be at the uh, sauhegan alvern game Friday night, and then uh, pulling double duty Saturday, uh, Bedford-Goffstown, and then Portsmouth-BG. Uh, yep. So another, w- hopefully, it will be another exciting weekend. Yep. Um, any final thoughts before we go? No, I'm looking forward to. It. You know, things really start to shape
1: up week three that's i've always believed that you know you're kind of ironing things out week one week two sometimes there's some surprises but week three you start to see the patterns
0: develop that that sounds like a nice tease to, to bring up my uh annual oh you're and three you're out of the playoffs <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. story because that's typically that, what what happens yeah. is you don't you go and three the math isn't yeah in your the math it's not odds are not in your favor no well He is Mike Lockman. Mike, thanks again for uh, stopping by and joining me. Thank you. I am Joe Marcellina. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.